May God speak to you through today's message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning. My name is Mike McGowan. I'm the pastor here at Parkway Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to church today as we continue with our message series, Unshakable. And in this series, we are working our way through the top seven prayer requests that are turned in, or prayer request topics that are turned in on the prayer request cards here in the service every week. And this week, we come to the topic of finances. And I love this topic because this morning the Lord is going to give us the perfect blend between faith and practical application. You know, when Amy and I uh, first got married, we were deciding who was going to uh, be in charge of what roles in our marriage, and it was my job to manage the finances. And so, you know, as we began to merge things together financially, um, I discovered that she was giving away a ton of money every month. Now, she was giving 10% of her income to her church, and I'll be honest with you, I expected that because, you know, that's what the Bible commands. But what I did not expect was that she was also giving money to support a missionary in Sudan, and that she was giving money to another missions organization, and that she was, you know, sponsoring a World Vision child every month. And I was looking at the numbers, and I was like, we just can't keep giving away all this money every month. I mean, we just couldn't afford it. I mean, we had a bank loan we needed to pay back. We had her car loan. We had my car loan. We had her student loan. And we just bought a house. I mean, we just couldn't afford to keep doing all this. And so, you know, as the man in charge of the finances, I decided we need to have a little come to Jesus meeting. And after that meeting, we decided we'd just keep giving to all this other stuff. I'm telling you, that's exactly how it went down. And that, honestly, that kind of giving has continued throughout our marriage. In fact, last time I checked, we were giving away uh, nearly 20% of our income. And it's not because we have all that much money. You know, the fact, the truth is, we're in the same boat as pretty much everybody else in this room. You know, how much money do we need every month? Just a little bit more than what we have, right? I mean, that's what we're all in. But part of what God has taught me about money came from what I observed about Amy and how she conducted her finances. Because even though Amy made less money than me, she was more financially stable than me. I thought, how in the world is that possible? I mean, how can she give more than me, have more than me, when she makes less than me? Well, I'll tell you how. It's because God was blessing her finances. God was blessing her finances. Honestly, she just wasn't that stressed out about money. But I tell you what, nothing stresses us out like money, does it? I mean, nothing. I mean, we stress about money all the time. And we stress about, you know, are we going to have enough money for retirement? Do we have enough money to pay the bills? Um, Do the kids have everything that they need? You know, can we afford to go on that vacation? Can we afford to even go on vacation this year? You know, what if the market crashes again? What if the company reorganizes and I'm laid off? You know, what's going to happen if we find ourselves in that kind of a boat? How are we going to get out of debt? How are we going to be able to afford to send the kids to college? Money is far and away the number one thing that we stress about and is the number one cause of fights in marriages. But wouldn't wouldn't it be great to be in a position where you're not stressed about money? Wouldn't it be nice to know that God is blessing your finances 
regardless of how much you make? See, we can become unshakable when we arrive at that place in life. Now, I don't know that anybody at any income level can be 100% financially unshakable, but we can become unshakable. What I mean by that is that even if a financial storm comes, it doesn't have to shake us apart. It means that there might be some changes in the landscape, you know, my job title or my income level, or I might have to make some lifestyle changes, but it won't shake my life apart. I won't fall apart. It won't send me in that kind of a tailspin. In fact, if we follow God's leading this morning, we will easily be able to handle the smaller financial storms in life. And even if a really big one comes, we'll be able to make it through much faster and much better off at the end. So, how? How do I build on solid financial ground? How does God want me to build on solid financial ground? Well, pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already. Let me give you three things this morning. Three things that God says. Here's the first. Number one, become a generous person. You've got to become a generous person. And this honestly has more to do with an attitude and approach to life than a specific action. Now, it's going to require some specific action at some point in time, but it begins with an attitude. Look what the Bible says. Proverbs eleven twenty four: One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. You see, that's, that's the mystery of generosity. One person gives freely, but yet they gain even more. Another person just holds tightly on to everything, but yet they lose what little they have. How's that possible? I mean, it doesn't make any sense, but I'm telling you, it is absolutely 100% true. For instance, when you think about someone who's generous, you generally think about someone who's rich, right? Because rich people can afford to be generous because they have enough money to do it. They have enough money they can give away. In fact, they ought to give some of it away to you, right? I mean, that's what I always hope. But let me ask you this. Do you think a person becomes generous after they get rich? Or are they generous before they get rich? Yeah, it's before they get rich. They develop that attitude before they get rich. But we tend to think, well, once I get rich, then I can afford to be generous. But you won't. Because that's not how it works. Because generosity is an approach and attitude you develop before you get rich. Otherwise, every rich person would already be generous. But they're not. There's a lot of rich people that are miserly and stingy. In fact, do this. Go and Google your favorite politician and Google their charitable giving. Their taxes are matters of public record, so it's easy information to get. In fact, I went and I did that this week, and I was appalled by what I found. Did you know that almost every U.S. representative and senator are millionaires? Did you also know that most of them, almost every one of them, give less than 2% of their income to charity every single year. And that's both Republican and Democrat. And it's despicable. It's despicable. 
Because generosity is an attitude you develop before you get rich. So let me ask you, if someone was to look at your tax return, would they arrive at the conclusion that you're generous? Would they arrive at the conclusion that you're generous? Because let me tell you, if you're not giving away at least 10% of your income, which is what the Bible commands, and we're going to get to all that in a minute, if you're not giving away at least 10% of your income, you're not generous. You know, when Amy and I first got married, I'll be honest with you, I was stingy. Even though I was giving away 10% of my income because that's you know, what the Bible commands, I was doing that, but I promise you, I would not give a penny more. I mean, I was turning away Girl Scouts at the front door. And if God had another little missionary project or missionary he wanted to support, he'd have to find another way to do it because I already gave it to church. I'm telling you, I, I'm, I was stingy. But after Amy and I had our little, you know, come to Jesus meeting, at that meeting she told me that she'd always prayed for a husband that was generous. Ah. And I had to face the truth. I wasn't generous. I was stingy. And you know what, I know what I decided to do? I decided I would start to give. Because just generosity is an attitude that you develop. And the only way to develop it is by giving. That's why we continue to support, you know, her missionary friend and this other mission organization and World Vision Kid and all that other stuff. In fact, now we support four World Vision Kids every month. We give away more than 10% of our income to the church. And it's not because we have all that much money, it's because we, because we don't. We do it because we want the Lord to continue to develop within us a heart of generosity. And the only way to do that is to give. And here's the truth, I'm a lot happier person because of it. Look what this next verse says about generosity. Proverbs eleven twenty five. the next verse, it says, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. So would you make a commitment to become a generous person? You see, when you do, the grip of money will loosen. And you'll become a much happier person because of it. And you won't stress about finances all the time. And if you find yourself in need, God says that he will send another generous person to help you in your time of need to refresh you. And as a result, if you do this, you'll become more unshakable by finances. But you can't stop there. Got to do a second thing. Number two is this. Decide to be financially free. You got to decide to be financially free. What do I mean by that? I mean, you got to get out of debt. You got to get out of debt. Look what the Bible says Proverbs 22 7. The borrower is slave to the lender. See, when you borrow money, when you have debt, you're a slave. Let me show you the power of this verse. A few years ago, there was a Christian group that was helping little children who have been abandoned by their parents. And Amy and I were so moved that we wanted to give some money to help that organization. 
However, this came at a time in life where somebody had just, just recently stolen a bunch of money from us and it, for, and it forced us to live on our credit cards for a couple months. Now, if you know us, Amy and I, we don't carry credit card debt. We never have and we never will again. But at this time in our life, we had some credit card debt. And even though we wanted to give to help this organization, we couldn't. Because we had to pay this credit card company every month. And I realized that we weren't free to give away what we really wanted to give away because we were a slave to this credit card company. And for the first time in my life, I realized the power and the truth of this verse, that the borrower is a slave to the lender. And right then and there, Amy and I decided that we were going to work as hard as we could to get out of debt because we wanted to be financially free. We didn't want to be a slave any longer. Maybe that's you. Do you have some debt you need to get rid of? I mean, you need to get out of debt because if the Lord gives you an opportunity to do something great, you might not be able to because you have voluntarily enslaved yourself to a minimum payment every month. You ever thought about it like that? I mean, all of us in this room, we're against slavery, right? Yeah, of course we are. But people volunteer to go into slavery all the time. Every time you charge and don't pay it off in full, you've made yourself a slave to that credit card company. Every time you sign up for a car loan, you voluntarily enslave yourself. Because you voluntarily enslave yourself and your family, you are in a financial position where you're not financially free. You're forced to pay a certain payment every month. You are a slave to the lender. So did you make a commitment this morning to be financially free? Honestly, you've thought about paying all that stuff off before. Well, why haven't you? Why don't you? Because until you do, you're a slave to the lender. You need to purchase your freedom as fast as possible. And don't volunteer to become a slave again. Number three. Number three is this. Follow the 10, 10, 10, 70 plan. Follow the 10, 10, 10, 70 plan. See, God commands that you do two things. He commands that you give, but he also commands that you save. Look what the Bible says. Malachi 3.10. Bring your full tithe to the temple. Now the word tithe simply means first tenth. It means first tenth. What that means is that God commands each one of us to bring 10% of our income to our church. So wherever you go to church, whether it's this church or a different church, wherever you go regularly, that's where you're supposed to bring 10% of your income. Because, and not just any tenth, God says it's the first tenth because God knows what you, not, you and I know. That if you don't give him the first tenth, there won't be a tenth left over at the end of the month to give him. But if you'll give God that first tenth, then he will bless the other 90% and it'll be enough to cover the, what you need. But the second thing God commands us to do is he commands us to save. Look what else the Bible says in Proverbs 21.20. The wise man 
saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. You see, the Lord wants you to save. He wants you to have some financial margins so that when the unexpected happens, it doesn't just shake you apart. But to do that, you've got to save some money. Well, how much should you save? Well, let me ask you. Would you be less stressed out financially if right now you had six months worth of income in cash in the bank? Would you be less stressed? What if you had a year's worth of income right now in cash in the bank? Would you be less stressed? Well, I can show you how to do that. It's called the 10-10-10-70 plan, and it's based on these two Bible verses that we just read. So, look, here's the deal. Let me show you how it works. If you're not in debt, here's what you got to do. 10% goes to tithe to my church. That means you start by giving God 10%, and you give him that 10%, and if you do, he promises to bless the other 90. Then 10% goes to savings. The second 10% of your income goes to savings. And honestly, if you'd started that five years ago, you'd have half a year's salary right now in cash in the bank. If you'd started it 10 years ago, you'd have a year's worth of salary right now in cash in the bank. Then 10% goes to investments. That's maybe for retirement, for wealth building, that kind of thing. And then 70% goes to living expenses. Now, what if you are in debt? Then what do you do? Well, then it looks like this. 10% 10% goes to tithe to my church, same thing. 10% goes to savings until you reach $2,000. And then once you get $2,000, then you take that second 10% and add it to this third 10%, and this third 10% goes to debt. So after you get to that $2,000, then 20% of your income is going towards debt retirement. And then 70% goes to living expenses. Now let me say this. You can play with any of these numbers and you, can, and you can adjust them with the exception of one. There's one that you can't adjust. And this plan will still work. And honestly, you might have to make some adjustments to get to that 70% because the truth is you're used to consuming 100%. And it is an adjustment to get to that 70%. But once you do, I'm telling you, you will be amazed at what God will do because of it. But the only number that you cannot adjust, even a little bit, is the only number that God specifically names in the Bible, and that is your tithe. That number has to remain at 10%, because if you don't give God 10%, then God does not promise that he will bless the other 90%. And you have to have God's blessing, otherwise you're going to be in the same position that you're in now. Look what the Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, beginning of verse 8. He says, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But she asks, well, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. Get this. You're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe to the storehouse. And the storehouse he's referring to is the storehouse at the church because honestly, your tithe goes to your church, not to any other charity. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about here. Up here, I have, I have 10 grapefruits. Okay? I got 10 grapefruits. And let's just say that these 10 grapefruits represent a month. Here, let me move this so y'all can see. 
These 10 grapefruits represent a month's worth of income divided into 10 equal, equal pieces. This is how it's supposed to work. You're supposed to get, take 10%, you're supposed to give it to your church, okay? You take another 10% and you put it into savings, okay? You take another 10%, you either put it in investments or you use it to pay off debt, and then you make your adjustments so that you can live off this other 70%. But, unfortunately, here's how most of us do it, okay? We look at our income, we go, well, the first thing I got to do is I got to pay the mortgage because if I don't, like, they're going to come take the house. We've got a place to live. So, you know, we're going to take two of these and put it to our mortgage. And then, well, then I've got a car payment and then we have, and then she's got a car payment. We got to do that. And we'll, well, then we got all our bills, electricity and water and phone and cell phone and, you know, mud tax, all that kind of stuff. Well, that takes another one. And then we've got insurance on both those cars and the house. And we've got some life insurance that we need to pay. So we'll take care of that one too. And then we got to buy some clothes. You know, and we got to eat, and you know, we got to do that kind of stuff. And I, you know, we'd like to go out to the movies. I mean, you know, we make, we have two incomes and we ought to at least do something for ourselves every now and then. So we know there goes another one. And then, oh, well, holy cow, Christmas is right around the corner. And I know we got a Christmas present we want to buy for the kids. I mean, it's not like, you know, that thing comes around at the same time every year. We could save for it in advance. So, you know, we got to, you know, save there. <laughs> And then, you know, this Thanksgiving, we want to go see grandma, or maybe we want to take a little mini Christmas vacation, you know, while the kids are out of school, take advantage of that. Well, now that just leaves us with just one. And God, I, I, would, I would give this to you, but the truth is, the kids, you know, they, they, they're growing so fast, and, you know, they got to they gotta have some new clothes. Well, oh, and Lord, I'm sorry, but, you know, we just, we just had a car repair, and well, now the cat got sick. We had to take the cat to the vet. And the kids, you know, they got, want to sign up for spring sports. And so they've got some spring uniforms and stuff and registration fees that we got to pay. And, well, Lord, I tell you what, this is what I have, but I want to give you all that I have, God. This is for you. Bless it, please. I'll be honest with you, it's no wonder that God says that he curses that sort of attitude. Because that's not the attitude he wants any of us to have. It does that, that kind of attitude, that doesn't show that you love him and trust him. It shows that you love you and trust you. And so, honestly, you can't wait until you can afford to tithe in order to tithe, because tithing takes faith. And so take that step of faith. Trust God with your finances. Make some serious adjustments so that you can live on that 70%, and then you are finally in a position where God will bless you. And if you are the one that is in charge of your family, family finances, then put your whole family in a place where God could bless you financially. Get out from under a curse and be in a place where God can bless you so that you can become unshakable. So that no matter what financial storms might come, you can survive them because your faith isn't in you and your ability to figure it out. Your faith is in him and his power to bless and protect and to provide for you. You see, that's how you build on solid financial ground. So take your connection card. I want you to look at the 
next steps that are on the back. I want you to check the next step or steps that you're willing to take so that you can follow God's leading in your life. Maybe it's this first one. I will start giving more money away in an effort to become a generous person. Because the only cure, or the only way to develop generosity is to give. Can't do it any other way. Number two, I commit to get out of debt so I can be financially free. Would you do that? Next, I will adopt the 10, 10, 10, 70 plan for my personal finances. I'm telling you, it is a path to remarkable freedom. Next, I will begin to tithe to my church. And if you regularly attend Parkway Fellowship, it needs to be here. If you regularly attend another church and you're just visiting today, then you need to be giving to that church because that's what God says. Don't give it here, give it there. How about this next one? Sign me up for the Financial Peace Small Group beginning on November 3rd. On November 3rd, we're gonna have an abbreviated Financial Peace. If your finances are a total train wreck and you wanna find out, you wanna dig deeper into what God says, then check that box and we'll sign you up for that group and we'll email you the information. It starts in two weeks. It's gonna be a great group. And it has led hundreds of people in our church to freedom financially so far. So if you want to, sign up for that. Or this last one. I wanna become a Christ follower today for the first time in my life. Because look, here's the truth. You'll never be able to take that step of faith and trust God with your finances until you take that step of faith and trust Jesus with your heart. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you and then pledge your life to following him, you're not a Christ follower yet. But if you want to do that, there's a sample prayer for how to become a Christ follower. It's at the bottom of your message notes, right there below these next steps. If you've never prayed that prayer before, I want to give you a chance to pray it here in just a second. So here's what I want everyone to do. I want you to look at your next steps. Whatever next step you're taking today or steps that you're taking, I want you to take a few moments and do business with God. And if you're ready to pray that prayer to become a Christ follower, this is your chance to do it. But I want you to do business with God and ask him to help you, to free you, to liberate you, to make you more unshakable as you follow his plan. So I want everybody right now, bow your head and do business with God during these next few moments. Father, I thank you for every person that is here this morning that's listening on the podcast today. And I ask in Jesus' name that you would help each and every one of us to become financially free. Not so that we can just consume more for us, but really, God, so that we can do what you want us to do in life and fund the things that you want us to fund. And I pray for those in this room that, like me, at one time were were stingy and miserly. And Lord, I ask that you would help them to come to a place where They can become happier and less stressed financially because they become generous. Because they're not entangled with debt. And because they're following your plan to give and to save. And you would help each one of us to align ourselves with you 
according to what the Bible says, so that we can build on solid financial ground, so that we can be financially free, free to follow you, and live our lives the way you want us to. And bring us back safely next week as we wrap up this series and ask you to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.